Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Discover a new way to record with Isotope Spire Studio. With this portable multi-track recorder, you can quickly and easily capture your songs at the highest quality via the built-in mic or dual inputs. Spire Studio automatically detects your instrument to sculpt the tone and set input levels. Wirelessly pair it with your iOS or Android device to add creative apps and effects, edit, mix, collaborate with bandmates and export your songs. Now available at retailers like Sweetwater, Auto Music, Amazon, as well as Toman and Andertons in Europe. Between now and the end of the year, get a free standard Isotope plugin with the purchase of Spire Studio. Learn more at isotope.com forward slash spire forward slash nerds. Rings Direct are one of the most comprehensive guitar string retailers worldwide. So they definitely know a thing or two about guitar and bass strings. And with that comes the complete understanding of the frustration you get when trying to find a set of strings with the exact gauges you want. Maybe you're looking to tune in Robert Fripp's famous new standard or fifth tuning, or perhaps you've got a Yamaha G10 synth guitar, which requires six 16-gauge strings. Who knows? Whatever you're tuning, whatever your gauge, whatever your preferred brand, Strings Direct have you covered with their Strings Direct custom gauge builder. Build your own set of signature strings from scratch with options for electric, bass and acoustic and with banjo and classical guitars coming soon. And choose from a huge range of the world's most popular string manufacturers. Strings Direct have got us guitar nerds covered. Check them out and build your own set at stringsdirect.co.uk. And on top of that, all guitar nerds listeners can take advantage of a 10% discount off of anything on the Strings Direct website throughout November and December. Just use the code NERDS10 at the checkout. And for more info, follow the link in the description of this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. This is our last guitar podcast, our last regular guitar podcast of 2019. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hello. Mark Packham. Are you hanging up your stocking on the wall? And Matthew Knight. I had to buy a real tree. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, mate. Well, yes, it is. Uh, it is. Christmas is fast approaching, and whilst we do have the Gear of the Year five-part series um, coming out, which will be which will be airing for listeners between the sixteenth and twentieth of. December. This is the last, uh, the last regular episode for the year. Thank goodness. We're not going to be back until eighth of January. I no, think. No. Uh, that. Oh, that's when the episode will go out. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's when the episode goes. That's out. almost a month away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be just because of the way the days have fallen. It's going to be like our longest Christmas break ever. Hmm. And yeah. boy, is it welcome. Well, we could we could do one on New Year's no, no, Day. No, New no, Year's no, Day no, is no, an official no. release. <laughs> no, no, I, no, 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 no. I think no. it's a good. I think it's a good idea. I'm up for that. Would you, would you fancy? Nine o'clock on New Year's Day. You're up for that, Wait, Joe? Hold on. Joe doesn't wake up till the second. I actually think it's a, I actually think it's a feel, great idea. I feel that I've walked into something. Here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the live streamed uh, nine a.m. broadcast. Let me just walk in, backwards into this book. In fact, actually, how about this? A better idea. Let's do eight a.m. on New Year's Day, and we can welcome in for any listeners who are at home in America in California. Uh-huh. We can welcome in the new year with them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but but Joe will probably Let's still be awake at eight a.m. Yeah, that's, so true. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Go straight through. Yeah, yeah. Talking about live episodes, isn't there a live episode this Sunday? There Tomorrow. is a live episode. Oh, oh, so this isn't even the last regular episode. Yes, it oh. is because. Oh yeah, this is the last regular. It's the episode. last regular one. Also, yeah. this episode isn't going to come out until Wednesday, and we're talking about something that's going to happen. On Sunday, which is tomorrow, but for right. people listening to this on Wednesday, it would have, it would have been three but or four days ago. But it won't actually come out until the oh, the Friday, Friday. recorded oh, version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. But it will be a live episode, and it will be a live year. episode anyway. So we've got we've got lots of things to talk about. We've actually got a load of things to get through this week because we've got some cool stuff in the mailbag because people are sending us stuff for us to consider for the Gear of the Year podcast. There's been some interesting news, uh, unlike last week where you had absolutely zilch. There was to talk honestly about. nothing. Well like, done for possibly, getting through that. The best podcast we've ever done, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. I and we had every second. We answered the podcast. eternal question: Have you ever seen a ghost? <sighs> a Christmas, Christmas ghost. ghost. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Christmas ghost? So we honestly, we should do. Have you ever seen a ghost? T-shirts because I think of anything this year that's caught on on the Guitar Nerds podcast, it is people constantly wondering: Have you ever seen a ghost? Right. Okay. It could have a little guitar on it, like somewhere like near the bottom or around the back, sort of near the bum area. Maybe just a print, tiny little guitar. Maybe screen printed on the inside of the T-shirt. Or just oh, white, yeah, like white T-shirts with a little white guitar logo like printed, but then in big kind of black letters, have you ever seen a ghost? What, like Frankie says, relax. Yeah. yeah. Comic Sans, though. If you'd buy that, let us know. You've still got time for Christmas. Well, I'm sure we could get them made and shipped. Yeah, I'm sure you could. You seem like a Comic Sans sort of a guy. I, we should absolutely do it in Comic Sans. I'll be so up for that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so uh, so I've just I've just got back from uh, from the European mainland where I was uh, where I was touring, which is always interesting to go because they seem to you seem to you go to some places and they just have guitars that you see less commonly over here in the UK. These sort of weird old bits and bits and bobs and i saw some some super cool things actually i went i was playing a show in belgium uh with a uh a, a luxembourgish band is it burgish or bergen a band from luxembourg I think it's bergen i think it's a ba- bergen a band from luxembourg but you can say bergen Luxembourgen. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, you definitely can. They describe themselves as that, either Burgish or Bergen. So I think it's Luxembourgen. I'm going to go with that. Anyway, so this band called Mambo, they're actually playing their last ever show, and their guitarist was playing this um, this Jaguar, but it was it was aluminium. And um, so I asked him about it, 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 it afterwards, and it was this little company from Luxembourg called TT Tides, um, who make 
these aluminium guitars. Now, in the um, uh, now for the fellow podcast hosts, I've popped a couple of pictures of the guitar in question here. But there's also you can listener, you can visit tttides-guitars.com to check out the things that are, that are on offer so there. That's three T's. And then yeah. Ides. Ides, yeah, that's right. Hyphen yeah. guitars. Yes, yes. So, um, so yeah, really, really interesting aluminium guitars because they're blooming affordable. Are they? Like between 12 and 1,400 euros for an aluminium guitar. That I think seems I, very good. Well, yes, because these are these are actually bolt-on rather than, of course, normally with, with something, um, uh, you know, with something like an electric guitar company guitar or a Travis Bean, you'd have the entire neck and the back plate of the guitar would be made from a single billet of aluminium whereas okay. in this case they're they're bolt on necks real bolts though proper like bolt things not you know not screws um and then so the the guitars essentially consist of a a neck and this is what i really like they've kind of taken the the amount of the modular idea of fender to the next level and but but with aluminium so you've got the neck that's one thing yeah but here's the thing the neck's aluminium but on the back of the neck and if you see uh you'll see in the pictures there's a there's a black strip down the back of the neck now that's actually a composite wood that attaches to the back of the neck which defines the profile so he makes one neck but you can change that 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 little additional piece on the back which will change the profile so you can have your neck thicker or thinner depending depending huh, on that that's really interesting yeah really cool so you, you could buy that one guitar and then decide you want a thicker neck and you've just got to change the uh um the the little piece of 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 sort of composite wood on the back there which is which is pretty cool and then on the body the same thing applies so it's a it's a double humbucker guitar with the humbuckers mounted into kind of a single strip that runs through the middle of the body and then it has wings so those wings can be changed he also does like a, a 335 style shape or a uh, you know in this case the the jaguar shape and it's it's hollow now because those those woods there are um I don't, I don't know the appropriate word for it i keep saying composite but that's that's not the right word it's like a they're like a thick ply sort of thing, so okay. it's a, like a compressed wood. So the, okay. it's quite heavy on top of the aluminium. So this was a heavy guitar. Like this, this Jaguar was even even though it was hollowed out, was easily sort of a, a heavy Les Paul weight. Yeah. Um. But like super cool, lovely. Like the aluminium neck with gorgeous sort of like block inlays in there. I love the the three T's for TT Tides. He has stamped out of the headstock. Shape. I was literally about to say oh, that. I yeah. think that's the coolest that bit. That is cool. And on one of the guitars that I can see on here, he's actually included the bits that have been stamped out of the headstock, and that's got the serial number on it. Oh, yeah, really? I've just on their Instagram. That's your certificate of authenticity. Oh, that's very <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, I mean, that cool. That is really good. Really cool. But what I thought, what an interesting company, and what a fantastic way to be able to get hold of an aluminium. Where did you see how much these are? Because I'm on the website and there's no shop or anything. So yeah, so if you uh, if you're on the uh, website and you go to like the the main page, I think there's like a gallery page on there. Okay. I'm not on it. I think yeah, gallery and infos. Um, and then there are the instruments themselves, the standard models and custom models. If you just hover the mouse over each oh, of these, oh instruments, yeah, yeah, it does say there, yeah. So then yeah. gives 1350, you a yeah, thirteen fifty, yeah. It does seem really reasonable, really reasonable for yeah. for what they are. So just just sort of one fella fashioning these things wow. out of aluminium is obviously, you know, by making them modular, is managing to keep down the price for yeah. for how he produces them. Because I assume it's obviously he can just make that one neck and then he can define. Pro- he essentially has to make a handful of necks. A handful of those those central 
uh, bit, and then he can just make whatever the wings are and whatever the neck profile is that you want to make. So it's it's an affordable way of doing it as opposed to sort of having to create something all out of one billet. Yeah, yeah. It's um, No, it makes complete sense. Worth mentioning on the site as well, I don't know if you said this, Joe, but he's also got like just custom necks for regular guitars. So there's like a jazz master and he's built a oh, neck to fit that. that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So there's well, just aluminium like, custom necks for... Yeah, exactly. So it just oh, looks like it's, great. I don't know, This I can't tell exactly what this is, but it looks like a kind of like Mexican jazz master or something. But then it's got one of his custom necks. But interestingly, he's also done one for PVT60. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a guitar that oh. is really cool and you can pick up for not a lot of money and he's got a custom neck I mean, that looks incredible. That. Yeah. That's really cool. And that's kind of, to be honest, that's the bit, isn't it, about an aluminium guitar that you're interested in really it's it's the neck it's the neck yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that's quite a cool little retrofitable thing I wonder how much the necks are because I'd love to get something like an aluminium neck for like my base 6 or something and shove it shove that on there that would be cool there's no uh, yeah there's no price attached no. to this neck unfortunately no. but but I yeah. assume if they're doing them for you know jazz masters then doing it for a base 6 is probably not that difficult yeah exactly well, the weirdest thing is he does do a base but it's a 29.5 inch scale yeah that's correct isn't it that's uh, what you want Oh no, my gosh, it looks not. really weird. Four <laughs> inches too short, but yeah, it looks so weird. So no, we talk, no, 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 it's, it's perfect. Very, perfect. Very right, I see, yeah. Perfect scale length. <laughs> perfect scale length, of course, yeah. Um, so speaking of aluminium guitars and necks, uh-huh. I went to see the band Torch this week. Oh yeah. Uh, who are one of my favourite metal bands. Maybe my favourite metal band. Oh, I right. was so gutted I didn't get to see them in uh, London. Yeah. They were playing the New Cross Inn. They were, which seems like a small venue for them. So basically, they are. Th- this is the first time I've seen them in... In probably five or six years i went through a phase of seeing them quite a lot right and uh I, I hadn't seen them for ages and i just i kept missing them but they are they are so good and it was so loud it was uh, like i could not believe so it was at this venue the green door store in brighton which is 150 capacity yeah um and i just i think they must have just been doing a run of like smaller shows because they played the new cross in which again i think is only like 200 yeah, 250 it seems like a really small and show for i think they're play. a bigger band than that yeah easily so, but they they were they were so good. They were so loud, and uh, the it was just it was a really cool show. So they got on, and basically, like the the crowd was like really eerily polite. It was so weird. <laughs> basically, they got on stage, and everyone was like, "Yeah, woo!" And then it, there clearly was some sort of technical issue, and basically, everyone just stood there for a couple of minutes, just like politely letting them work <laughs> out what the issue was, and uh, and like it was honestly like dead quiet people just stood there just like okay yeah we'll just let them let them sort themselves out but um all three of them at one point or another used uh guitars with aluminium necks really yeah so the two guitarists and the bass player doesn't doesn't the guy that now play one of the guys that plays guitar was the bass player at some point I'm I, sure yeah i i can't really remember the because the there was actually lineage. a um, premier guitar thing recently, and they were interviewing one of the guitarists, and I think he was the bassist at some point. Yeah, now he's I, the guitar player. I think that's correct, but I, I like to be honest with you, I really don't know. I, I don't really remember which way around it is. Um, um, but yeah, I was, I was gutted. I missed them because yeah, they. I think the last time I saw them was at. Uh, was in Brighton actually. Was at that place that I don't think is open anymore <laughs> near the seafront. I can't even. The engine room. No, not the engine room. What was the other one? Maybe it's still there. The, the bigger horn? one. Local knowledge. Coalition. The horn. The oh, horn. Okay. Is the horn still there? No. Oh, 
Well, I saw them there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, they uh, they they're great. And what was really funny about it was just like the amount of noise that was coming off the stage. So the bass player was using two four by tens, right? Some sort of Ampeg rack SVT into four uh, into two uh, four by tens, and then the other two guitarists between them were using. From what I could tell, I was stood at the back, but from what I could tell, there were three JCM 800s on yes. stage, and they're just going into those. That is, uh, that's a lot of amplifiers for that very small, very brick. Uh, yeah, yeah, room yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the <laughs> green door store. Uh, but yeah, they they were so good. They they kind of get described as stoner pop or right. like doom pop. So if you're into uh, anything like that, you should definitely listen to Torch. They were bloody great, and yeah, aluminium guitars, really interesting. Very yeah, cool. It's, um, actually. I think in the US, because obviously I'm get they obviously hire backline. Um, they actually have their own custom amp. Oh right. Um, it's by a brand called I think it's in fact, I think it's his own I'm just having a look here because I was trying to find I think it's his own company or something similar. Um, uh, which they run through eight by tens. Okay. And it's just yeah, two gain channels basically. Um but yeah, there's there's worth checking out. I think their pedal boards are basically delay, a phaser, and a tuner. And then the <laughs> aluminium guitars, and then that's it. What right. more do you need? Okay. I'm definitely going through a bit of an aluminium phaser at the moment. I keep looking for those Kramer XKB. Um have you, have you seen those? They're like you can get them single precision bass pickup or two precision bass uh pickups, and they're they they remind me of the sort of Westone shape, like a as if you've taken maybe like a Yamaha BB or a P bass and, and oh, yeah. trimmed it a yeah, lot. I'm, I'm looking at a so, picture of them right now. Yeah, there's uh, there there are some good deals to be had on on reverb for for some of them at the moment. Are they well. um, are they all aluminium necks? They're all aluminium necks. Yeah, exactly. Which is very very cool. So I, I, I definitely it's definitely something that I've not I've never had that I definitely do want to have at some point. So I, I tell you what, that T sixty. It looks good. I'm T60 just really good. Just looking at these um these Kramers. So there's two XKB models actually, Joe. From what I can tell, the XKB20, which definitely does look like, as you were saying, like a kind of West Tone or like Yamaha BB. But there's uh-huh. also the XKB10. Oh, which uh, which, which has a the the SK, XKB10 kind of has a sort of Explorer esque shape to it. Is not that, that, not that Explorer esque. Very no. much a kind of flying V, but like oh, on yes, one that's side what I mean. is like yeah. kind of fatter and yeah. the v it, is like not so as pronounced. it looks so, like the, it looks like the anderton's logo it does right. like the yeah, a, a from like the anderton's so logo. those ones they're very cool you know a lot of those come in eight string most of the ones that we see on the market of of that body shape were, were eight string of course i mean eight know, string bass yeah, yeah but as in as in double fours yeah yeah, 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 sort yeah. Of so, so yeah i mean if you're gonna have a ridiculous guitar like that why not make it eight string absolutely i think there's see i'm actually the opposite of that i don't understand why you would go oh here's this really niche thing that basically nobody will ever want this shape um how can we make it more niche <laughs> oh yeah let's only make it available in eight string the thing about eight string bass though is like you're just gonna sound like road rash there's no there's no that sort of that like um that uh like power chordy sort of 80s like bah, bah, bah. Sort of sound. It, it, it gives it almost. <laughs> it gives it almost like a synthy tone because it's they're yeah. all they're and, all octave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are they all octave or is it just? I the don't bottom think they're octave. I, I don't know what they are. I don't know what the tuning is. I know that whenever I play them, I'm like, this sounds like Road Rash. 
as in the Mega Drive game. It's because a lot of that stuff was like octaves. You right, know, when you yeah. think about like, you know, 8-bit sounds and stuff, there's kind of a lot, a lot of that octave going on, which is why you can recreate it with like octave fuzz pedals. Right. Um, but yeah, 8-string bass, do they? I can't remember whether they have, they're all doubles. I think maybe they are. You it know? must be. Unless, I mean, uh, it must uh, what's, yeah. the, what's the alternative? That it's a 5-string bass and... Th- Three of them are octave. Yeah, that so, doesn't make sense. So standard tuning is usually this: high E, low E, high A, low A, high D, low D, high G, low G. So yes, octaves. Right. Thanks for going through them um, each individually. But, yeah. but there are other ways to tune it. So for example, Chris Squire of Yes, uh, I love that when, man. When, he was such a great bass player. When high E, low E, high A, low A, high A, low D, high G, high D, low G. Oh right, okay, cool, Wait, wonderful. What to say the top four strings again high a low d high d low g so it's tuned in fifths okay no so it's e a and then so the, and then yeah an- and then another a. and then a again yeah yeah and then d <sighs> I yeah mean, so there's three a's next to each other yes That's why, cool. <laughs> why is it <laughs> what so low a high a high a uh, yes. High A, low A, high A. No, the first way around. So there's two high A's next to each other. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so weird. Yeah, yeah. So basically, so the notes played on the upper two uh, sound as open fifths. I've uh, I've been I've been seriously considering that that bass, but I'm not sure I'm not sure about the eight string thing. I don't don't know if I get much use of it out of it. I guess you could take off. You could just put the octaves on your D and G string, as it were, and so have some fun stuff for up high, but still have your fundamentals on the yeah, the like a. like you get with eight string guitars sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like that was Which, it. Was it the, was it that Martin that was an eight string? I think Schecter have certainly done one like that, but that might have been for the Cure. It was Taylor. Point. It was, was a Taylor. Taylor. It was a Taylor. Yeah. A Taylor that, that had. The, it was the two middle strings. String. It was the D and the G. Yeah. Best were acoustic octave. I've ever played. It was really, really? nice, and no. it was a baritone as well, so it's tuned B to B. Oh, the, very um, cool. The, belly. the eight string bass guitar Wikipedia page is fantastic because not only does it tell you all about the, like weird and wacky uh, stuff about eight strings, so there's stuff about like fretless eight strings, but there's also a subsection which is ten string bass guitars. 10-string bass guitars incorporate a high B and a low B string, uh, like that for a regular five-string bass, but double string. So high B, low B, high A, et cetera, et cetera. Michael Manring plays a 10-string bass made by uh, custom-made by Zon Guitars. He uses, a vari- Zon. he uses a variety of tunings, but rarely uses octaves, instead preferring thirds, fourths, and fifths. Yes, so, that's what you want. So oh, I'm ca- Maybe this is a thing that... Maybe this is my calling. I haven't... Who who is this? I need Michael Manning. Yeah, yeah, you know from Dad's Army. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't panic. Um, right, okay, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know who this is, uh, no. and I, I'm sure that people it's, are upset Zon, about it. Zon bases are very cool. I've often lusted after a Zon base, but you can't get them for less than about four thousand pounds, and they're only available in the states. So I'd have to import it and import on an instrument that expensive. Anyway, is gonna. Michael Manring did an album in 2007 with Alex Skolnick, and it was called The Skull Patrol. I'm so into it. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Anyway, should we move on and do some mailbag? Because we've got a load of uh, mailbaggy things to to talk about. Sure, why not? Mailbag. Well, so first up, we uh, we received a, a handful of things. Oh, what should we do first? Let's do the Empress Zoya. So I have been in the Empress Zoya group on Facebook yes. for, I reckon, 
12 to 14 months, okay? <laughs> right. And I still don't really know what it is. Okay. It looks like a uh a mass a mega drive, not a mega drive, like a like a handheld a master, game um, gear. I was, yeah. I was literally about to say game gear. Yeah, 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 like a master system or something like that. Gear. Was that the handheld right. one? No, that was no, the, the game gear was the yeah, handheld one. Okay. It looks like okay, can we just cut that bit out, yeah? Yeah. It looks like a game <laughs> gear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, yeah. Cheers. Good uh, yeah, it is super cool. So, uh, I mean, Matt, I assume you're quite well versed on this as well. But I'll, yes. I'll talk about it first. So, the the Zoya, I I think, is an absolutely incredible piece of equipment. One of the first things, uh, I uh, listener, I thoroughly recommend if you've not heard of it, you're not checked it out. You need to go and check it out. But I tell you what, you're going to have to watch three or four videos to work out even what it is in the first place. Um, when, when I got this pedal, I did the thing that everyone always does. Uh, when they when they get a new pedal. In fact, Mark insists on doing this, even if you do offer to help him, and that's to just plug in the pedal and try and work out what it does without following any instructions. And it is impossible to do that with the Zoya because of the level of complicatedness that it is. The Zoya essentially is um, a complete... Uh, it's it's a modular device. So it is a pedal with a, with a ton of buttons on it, but don't think about it like that. Think of it as being a modular synthesizer, and instead of those buttons, imagine those are all your patch input and outputs um, because that's that's how this pedal works. But you can do literally anything with it. For example, I was able to assign a bottom run of buttons to to be keys, to be notes that I could actually press and then build in effects after it. So phases and delays and things to to make a, a to turn it into a synthesizer that you could play without a guitar. Because it's got loopers and things built in there, you can build in sequences and tracks and have them sort of just queued up, ready to go. Sort of cool, fun 8-bit tracks. But if you want, it can also... So be your best drive pedal or reverb pedal in in its really in its sort of most basic form. I thought like setting up an effect was a really weird, interesting thing because it's not just it's almost it takes everything from the most basic level. So it's almost not intelligent in that sense. You have to tell it every specific thing that you want it to do, and I mean from the very basic. So when I if I set up a new patch, is it when I've got that new patch set up, your guitar isn't going to make any sound when it's on because it doesn't even know that it should be reading from the input. So you've got to tell it, you've got to assign one of those little buttons and say, this button, I want you to read the input uh, jack. And then you've got to assign another one and say, I want you to read the output. Now you think it would make noise. It won't because you haven't connected those two things. So you then have to connect them, which is very simple. You just press the two buttons together. But now you've created a circuit and now audio will pass through. You can now build effects on to, uh, in between there, reverbs, delays, drives, whatever. But with every effect, you have to build it in. You have to connect it. And whether you connect that to the left or the right or to both, have it in parallel, have it in stereo, however you want. Um, you've got to do all of those things and then each of those buttons will take up a certain amount of CPU and will be assigned to a certain control. So if you add a, a ping pong delay, then something on there is going to, one of those buttons will control pre-delay. One of those buttons is going to control the, you know, the, whatever, the mix level and things, things like that, so forth. So it's, that was the longest description of a pedal, yeah. but it kind of needs that. <laughs> it, it's basically, it's, it's just a pedal board in a pedal. That's, yes. that's the way I think about it. And, what's nice is it's 
it's kind of open source so people can actually create their own not only their own patches but also their own modules yeah um that's one of the best things about it that there's an online community for this sort of thing and i I was saying this to jay earlier like the the great thing about the zoya online community as opposed to for example the line six helix community is that you know that so many people have a helix at any skill level that if you go on to the helix sort of patch community and try and flick through then you're you're sort of finding you know uh, my chemical romance chorus one patches there are just so many rubbish patches on there whereas the the zoya is so complicated to 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 use that generally speaking i think anyone who's using that community to upload things you're going to be looking at some pretty high quality interesting what, yeah. things. what if you want my chemical romance <laughs> chorus on? I mean, that's the thing isn't that it is true, that's true that's true and absolutely if you do want to do that the zoya is the pedal for that <laughs> yeah yeah i, I it, buy that just for the chorus sounds. yeah absolutely yeah. it gets pretty insane because i think if i remember rightly there's a bunch of modules and then you can you've obviously got a space per page which is the the buttons you see and then you've got 64 pages so i think you can basically like create like masses and masses of like connections to the point where you you can but it does also it does also guide you on how much of the cpu you're using up per patch so you do have to be aware of that like you will eventually run out of space if you're running you know too many complicated things this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast is sponsored by singular sound the music gear company from miami florida known for the beat buddy the only drum machine that sounds human and is easy to use it's the first drum machine in the form of a guitar pedal so you can control the beat with your foot whilst you play This year they came out with a new 6-track stereo looper pedal with touch-enabled screen, hands-free mixing and simultaneous parallel and sequential looping called the Eros Loop Studio. They also came out with a Cably, a portable cable management system that organises your cables so they'll never get tangled again! This Black Friday, visit SingularSound.com to order new gear. Almost all products will be 10% off and any order automatically enters you into a chance to win a $200 Singular Sound gift card. On top of that, Guitar Nerds listeners get a $10 discount on everything on the Singular Sound website by using discount code GUITARNERD or follow links in the description of this podcast. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm really keen to like try it and give it a go. And I think actually, I'm. I'm keen to see how it goes over MIDI, um, yeah. because I think really probably what you'll find is that you'll dial in a few things and then you'll kind of just recall some stuff over MIDI. But yeah. not a lot of shouting about it online too much. I think it's. It is niche in some ways it's so complicated i think that it's it it's so not sort of functional out of the box that i think it's it's only going to attract a certain type of there's presets built player. in though isn't there so you can you get, you get an idea of what it can do at straight out of the box but, but not like they're not like functional presets they're like here's here's some crazy synthesizer yeah that yeah yeah built. but i mean here's you, a chorus you know here's if, if you want like functional presets then get a helix you know yeah I mean? of course yeah something completely but, different but that's that's kind of what i mean is I, I think it will remain to be niche because it whilst it has all the capabilities and more of a helix it's not spoon feeding you those capabilities it's up to you to create those which I, th- which I think is something that we all liked about the helix and the uh, you know the other similar sort of products of this generation in comparison to the previous sort of high level 
multi-effects like the uh, TC um, G system and stuff like that right. is that the Helix was made things easy to use yeah. and it made it very easy for you to move around and shape your signal path. Absolutely. Whereas what this is doing is it's more a case of, okay, what do you want to do? You've got basically limitless parameters. You just have to really dig into it. And I think this is a product for real kind of real, real nerds. Well, the, the you have is, to know what you're doing to yeah, use this yeah, better. Yeah, you yeah. have to understand how... It, it, yeah, sorry, Matt, go. I was going to say, it sums it up in the first line. The Zoya is basically a modular, modular synthesizer in pedal form. Yeah. And if you've ever stood in front of a modular synthesizer, you know that one wrong move just basically cancels everything. <laughs> yeah. So you sort of have to understand yeah. not just the signal path, but you have to understand like effectively how you chain things exactly together and yeah it's basically breaking it's like when you see all these fancy chefs like i've made a deconstructed cheesecake and then it's just like the same it's basically a meal but everything's in its own individual parts that's that's what this is and i think i watched a bunch of videos and it sort of started to make sense but like some of the videos were like an hour long well i i found i watched a, a load of videos and i found the ones that helped me and the ones that made sense were the ones that synth players were on 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 synthesizer youtube channels right. not on guitar channels is that because in general synthesizer players know how to attack these things more than guitar players I who, felt want, that, who want to yeah because that's the thing is that i don't think you can i don't think you can really look at it like a regular multi-effects pedal because no, yeah. it's there's so much more in it than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I thought so. I and thought... guitar players like to think they know more than they do. Exactly. On, like on the synth channels, they tend to they they tended to break down what they were doing and explain what they were doing and why. And so I could understand the process as well as what buttons to press. On the guitar channels, they just sort of built things really quickly. That to be honest, a lot of them like sounded really naff. They managed to make them sound really sort of eighties over process because it's easy to do that on the zoya it's easy to have a sort of a, a metalized phaser sound uh, over the top of the yeah. guitar and i actually thought like um the zoya comes into its own almost more when you're not running a guitar through it so a lot of the 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 videos where people were trying to make the guitar the centerfold of the zoya yeah were the less I, I also think and this is you know maybe going off topic a little bit but i think that also speaks a little bit about the state of where we are with regards to kind of YouTube demos and stuff at the moment. So I've I, I've been seeing a lot, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've been seeing a lot recently about, take for example, Andy from Reverb. Yeah. I see a lot of people who are always sort of taking the piss out of the fact that he goes, oh, here's my clean tone to begin with at the start of every video because people want to hear, all people, from what I get, all people want to hear is guitar being played in demos. They don't want to hear clean tone. They don't want to hear you talking about the pedal. They just want to hear demos of the pedals. Now, what I want is people to talk to me about what they're doing, why they're doing it, like you say the synth players are doing there. Yeah. And what each of the parameters are doing. Whereas it seems like YouTube commenters want, no, 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 I want you to play the... They just I, want the sound. I just want the sounds. Yeah. I just need that I just need that hit of the sound <laughs> as opposed to hearing it contextually, which is which is what I think is useful. Yeah. So you saying that that's what the synth players are doing, I think is probably because they're not being influenced by 
guitar players in the comments <laughs> saying less talking more playing yeah, you know exactly. oh yeah the the number one comment on every single demo Exa- video exactly yeah. exactly but may, you know maybe that's not the case in the synth world yeah I, I guess i guess maybe not but anyway a, a super cool product the empress soy is something i think at the moment i'm super excited for i'm going to be fighting for on gear of the year this year i think i'm i think it's a a super cool product. Um, other things that we've received this uh, this week, a couple of things from JHS. So we got the uh, we got the cheese balls and we got the the clover. Yeah. As well. Um, let's start off with the clover. Let's talk about that because Matt, of course, the clover is based on that old boss uh, preamp, the <clears throat> the FET thing. What was it called? The FA one. The FA one. That was it. Um, which, of course, is a really weird pedal for boss. One, explain to us and the listener well, what the it, FA one was. Kind of. I mean, it wasn't ever really a pedal. No, it had um, no on-off switch. No, it was. It had a belt clip and was basically a <laughs> <What>? small... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you it think you a... had the orange squeeze around this time as well. Do you remember that compressor yeah, yeah, yeah. you just plugged in on the input? This is a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Well, this bizarrely enough, actually, this was only really made for a year. I think it came out in about 1983, 1984. It's 83. 83. And um, was basically a kind of like a headphone amp almost in in the fact that you just had like an in out treble bass and then a volume um and it kind of really went unnoticed for a long time and the only reason that it's so sort of revered now and people want it is because the edge use still uses one as part of his main rig um and it's basically like a preamp driver for your guitar yeah. So it's and yeah, I mean, you you don't really see them very often when you do that. You know, they're a few hundred pounds. Obviously, you could put them on a pedal board and you could put it in a switcher or something um, if you really wanted. But yeah, effectively, just like an FET um, amplifier, like preamp for your guitar. Yeah, exactly. And the the Clover is a replication of that down to the color. Um, you know, that sort of weird soft lime green. But it's essentially a make gooder. So they've made a few changes on the JHS one. They've added a mid control. So you've now got three bands of EQ. But they've also added a little toggle switch. So you can choose to remove that mid control from the circuit to have it the same as the as the old boss one. But you were saying that that doesn't. A f- that it doesn't, doesn't scoop. It doesn't get rid it's of the like mids. A, it's, it's it just says it no goes, mids. But I guess it doesn't it just, scoop it. Yeah. So it goes back to kind of a preset mid. Exactly. Yeah. Just point takes it out of the chain. So wherever that. Yeah. You know, wherever that position would be. Or you can have all three, or you can have none of them, and just use it as a as a clean boost essentially, because it just has a volume control. Other than that, but um, also has a DI uh out on there as well if you're using a bass or or you know something else any any other form of strong instrument i thought it was a fantastic preamp sounds really good Great. I thought, yeah again just you know as a make gooder uh it's something you could put in there leave it on then forget about it, it sounds phenomenal yeah i really really liked it i thought i thought it cleaned everything up really nicely tons it's... of depth really jazz chorusy is kind of what i thought of yeah it. that's what you said when i was playing it and i completely agree i think it's, it's a really good way of putting it, it really there's just you just get so much presence and I just thought I just thought it sounded really really nice yeah really nice it's exactly the sort of pedal that I'm into like just make good or always on like just don't touch it yeah it was a very it's a solid state sound that's that's kind of what it right clean yeah that sort of that clean high fidelity. but with depth yes yeah, 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 yeah that sort of high fidelity sound it even because we were running it through your Princeton with a mus- Mustang and I thought immediately it made everything sound more 
80s clean yeah i mean you know a mustang into a princeton is quite an abrasive. it can be quite an abrasive sound and it did sort of like in like a very good way but like it it did sort of mellow it out and it was really really nice i really liked it yeah i think uh, a cracking product Oh, that's that then. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, you, su- you summed up nicely and then looked around and went, oh, no one's got it. I thought you we, were we, going to follow uh, up with uh, that. We all said it's really nice. <laughs> and it's, it's green as well. And it's Sorry. green. Yeah, Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's green. There we go. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, something that I don't know if you did mention because I sort of tuned out was, uh, as I tend to do, um, it's got a DI. Yes, I did mention that. Yeah, uh, DI, uh, DI uh, out yeah. if you're running would you Would you mind just saying that again? It's got a DI out. It's got a DI out so you could use it as a, as a, as a base preamp. Did you say that as well? I think I did. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Fantastic. I haven't, Sorry, tried, I was, it. I I haven't was, tried it with a bass. You could use it with acoustic because you originally... Could. Matt, 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 do not lower this podcast talking about acoustic <laughs> guitars. Who do you think we, we are? We talked about an acoustic earlier. Um, but yeah, you can use it with acoustic. Yeah. So the other pedal... So, we... so just before you jump into that, the yep. reason that I sort of tuned out a little bit there uh-huh. is because the next pedal you're about to talk about is the uh, JHS... Uh, cheese balls yes. which we did speak about when it came out we did, did we did and, but, but now, the reason but that now we've had it here and we've all been able to try it I think we can talk so about I kind of like drifted off because I was reading this sound on sound article from uh, August 2004 when the love tone cheese sauce and meatball pedals were right. first reissued because of course the JHS is JHS's version of the of the love tone well haven't they said that it's like a like for like y- yes yeah. but, but they've they've added this so it would be like for like in that it has tone volume and gain but they've added f- this four toggle switch that changes between pre EQs no I think that no that was on there as well oh was it yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, oh. it's a like for yeah, like it is actually like yeah for yeah, like. yeah yeah okay, yeah right. so it's like for like oh okay right. yeah <laughs> but yeah, so this uh, this actually was met with more contention, I think, than the uh, Clover. The Clover certainly, every one of us here tried it. Obviously, Matt Matt didn't get to try it, and we all immediately loved the Clover. But I, I think any make gooder, as long as it is does actually make things yeah, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we it's tend pretty to be easy really win, into. Yeah, the yeah, job exactly. is make it sound better, and it this, yeah, did sound now, better. This is a distortion fuzz, which already puts us on the back foot with Jay and and Mark, because neither of you are especially into. That, There's been, that as a concept. I mean, Jay, I think generally you just don't like fuzz. There's been some fuzzes that I'm into, but yeah. I just, for me, like that didn't, it doesn't do the fuzz sounds that I like. Right. Um, so this, this, the, the pre, the preset EQs on there take us through a few. So in the, in the, it has basically off one, two, and three. In the off position, it's very sort of, uh, it is, it's a very open, um, uh, kind of quite mid-focused distortion. Uh, then in position one, it cuts out a lot of those mids, and they they describe it as offering you a kind of big muff esque uh, fuzz sound. Yep. I thought it was more modern than that, but you corrected me on that, Mark, because you said that the, it definitely sounds. You like didn't big you didn't think the low end was tight enough because I was saying that sounds more metal zony in one. Definitely, you not. were saying no, 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 no. You were saying that the low is way too. It's just that lack of mids. I think makes me automatically think of those. But that's kind of like big muff, you know. Is big it, muff is think? yeah. I mean, Matt, you'll probably give us some more uh, some more info on that. But I think big muff is not generally known for kind of having pronounced mids. It's that right. kind of. Like bottom endy. I see. Yeah, I never use big muff, so I'm never, I'm never quite sure. And then in the second position, you get this really lovely sort of punk distortion. This really sort of. Uh, I thought that was really good. Yeah, the that's, second, that's, the second. Yeah, the, the, the uh, parameter two, I thought sounded really, really good. And you know, f- this talk of me not liking fuzz is is that is true. But it was more a distortion in that sense. At that anyway. point, it's more of a distortion. And what I'm not really into is when it is, you know 
when it's a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Starts to crap out. Right, so that is, what you're talking about is option three now, yes. which is very much a um, like a Zvex fuzz factory, which I'm very into. Like You get that 8-bit thing where it sort of gates the note and breaks, it's, breaks it's, the it's note. It's changing like, the bias, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love that sound. I think that's really cool, and I think you can do some interesting sort of Queens of the Stone Age style things with it, but... I think for the way both of you play, Mark and Jay, that it's it really doesn't suit anything. Yeah, yeah so I, it just, just wasn't for yeah, you. That that kind of dying battery sound is yeah. um is kind of not for me really. I I really like sound two. Like I was saying, yeah. um, sound two is is more aligned with kind of what I would want out of a fuzz pedal. Um, and certainly in, you know in that setting, I really enjoyed enjoy playing it. Yeah, um, but it does a load of stuff that. You know, isn't uh, that sounds good? It's just not to my taste. Definitely, I, I thought this was a fantastic sounding pedal. I'm not sure I 100% get the hype around this. This I thought it sounded perfectly good, but I can think of better examples for each of the each of the things that it does. Almost. But it's having it all in one nice box, of course, isn't it? You know? of course, and that's kind of the thing. Yeah, I guess the key thing about it is, you know, people have wanted that pedal for ages. Exactly. And now there's one that's available in, you know, a nice pedal board friendly box yeah. um, that takes nine volt and, you know, it's just uh, has all the great things about JHS pedals. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It, 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 yeah, it's definitely very cool. And certainly I think both of those pedals uh, will be in our gear of the year. I think the Clover stands a good chance of going quite Yeah, the Clover is solid. My my favourite Make Gooderers of the year. Um, Now, we do have a load of news to do, but before we we leave the mailbag, I wanted to talk a little bit more about... um, the Isotope Spire Studio that we've been that a couple of weeks ago we had our first sort of fledgling go on, and I I, I talked through sort of roughly what I'd uh, what I've been doing with it. But since then, I've had a had a chance to actually spend some time with it, and I sent you guys over a sound sample of it yesterday of just uh, of the things I was doing with the with the Spire Studio, which I thought were incredible because everything I I built a track. Not plugging anything into it, just using the internal presets and the internal mic on it. And man, you know, I was I was playing it back sort of through my home stereo, and I was like, oh, this 
this does not sound like a demo, not by not by it any stretch. Really good, <laughs> really good, really good. Considering it's essentially room mic with built-in effects, and I, I forgot to mention it's uh, last week. I didn't mention, but it, you charge it as well, so you can plug it in. But it runs for four hours. Oh wow! On battery. I didn't as well. know that at all. Yeah, exactly. Which just makes it, you know, the perfect hotel room thing. But literally yesterday, it was in the evening, and I was like, right, I want to talk about this. Uh, this Spire Studio again. Let's crack it out. Open the phone app. Um, I'll grab this, the, the Martin D28 that, that I had sort of kicking around. And I was oh, like, just kicking around. Just kicking around. Isn't that like a six grand <laughs> acoustic? No, 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 that's, no, the no 45, that's 45. 45, yeah. six grand. This was about, this is like two and a half. Or three or whatever. But uh, yeah, so so I, I was like, right, I'm just going to, I played like a little simple chord progression into the spot well first of all i set a tempo on there so that i could make sure i could keep everything in time and then i played a little chord progression in for for 30 seconds um i ran a second chord progression over the played that back with a second chord progression just adding in a couple of lead lines but with that with that second line i was able to add um a little ping pong delay and some reverb just ping to make pong. those just just to make those lead notes just uh, come out of the mix a little bit more. And then of course I can hit across on the app into the mix function and just bring up that lead slightly. Yeah. Um. And you know, which is which is really useful. I then added. I used the back of the guitar. Added like some real, um, some massive reverb, and some slapback delay. And I just did a little drum beat in on the back of the. Uh, on the back of the acoustic sort of thing. Okay. Well, we won't tell the whoever buys that guitar that you've been hammering away <laughs> at the back of it. Yeah, true. But then I can get rid of the 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 um the tap tempo on there, so I can just hear the song. Added some vocals. Added some backing vocals. And again, I'm doing this with just the thing sat in front of me in the room. And then I'm adding sort of the vocal enhancer to it afterwards to compress my vocal and to add a little bit of reverb and delay. Pop downstairs, you know, just pick the the spire up in my hands. Pop downstairs to the piano and just played in. I, I literally put the spire down next to the piano. Played in the root notes over the top of the progression, so it now had this lovely sort of undercurrent. Added one more little lead noodle over the top. It it must have taken me fifteen minutes, you yeah. Know? And then and then I'm like, right, I want to send this to the guys. So I went to sort of send it, and it's like, oh, are you exporting the track as a whole? Um, let's uh, let's master it for you here, so you can just like it does a, a whole enhancement thing where it just makes sure it gets rid of any of the because Isotope software is obviously so fantastic. You've got all the uh, all the RX stuff and all the um, uh, neutron neutron. Sure. New, new, well, I can never remember the name of the stuff. But you've got all those uh, ozone. That's the one. Yeah. And it and and it can get rid of all the sort of the DSing and the and the you know those that that sort of bottom layer of noise that you get um, gets rid of all of that and gives you a, a a perfectly good song that I'm then sort of playing out on my hi-fi like 30 seconds later and it was, sent to you guys. When you sent it to us, it was way more. Uh together than i expected it to be for something where i hadn't plugged anything in yeah that's the that is the thing is that you hadn't plugged anything in so it's the you know you're doing kind of like vocal harmonies and stuff on there um and it sounds like you're singing into a condenser mic you know it's it's (laughs) very good Oh, 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 oh,
totally sold and I haven't even heard it. And I'm like, right. this, because for me, obviously I've got an interface and I just, I, I don't, I'm completely like reset my whole Mac because it's about like eight years old and it's running super slow. I'm like, I just don't even have a, like a, a door on it anymore. And I've got an interface. I'm like, I just, every time I want to record the last few things, because I've wanted to like jot down more ideas. I've just been using the little sure plug-in mic into the phone right but it's it's just kind of a way to quickly capture ideas and i was like do i buy a handheld recorder and i'm like again it just it feels like clunky but this feels like way more together absolutely and i'm like actually if i do more ambient stuff just taking it around and like capturing like sounds out and about because i see they do like a really cool little travel bag for it yeah and a bunch of like cool accessories and I'm like, actually, you're just like jamming at home and actually trying to create some tracks. I feel that I might be able to use this and actually record something, which is something I want to do way more of. Well, the, the fact that you can you can export all the tracks independently as well, even after you've built this this complete yeah. track, you can export things independently. If you ever wanted to shove anything onto your onto a door, but also if if you have bandmates that also have Aspire, then you can you can send the the complete yeah, that's, projects that's to each impressive. other yeah. I, I can imagine you know if you're like in a band and you're thinking right we're in pre-production for this album we want to write tunes but you know one of us lives in london one of us lives in like berlin and you know all around the world or whatever just buy four of these or five of these however many there are so that you can then send the tracks to each other like collaborate on it and like build new bits in and take stuff away and yeah. do that that seems like a very good use case for one of these if you're in a kind of a band that where you don't actually live that near each other and you want to all write songs together in, yeah. a, in a way that is easy and you can do it all through your phones. Yeah, exactly. Like not having to ever get the laptop out. I think that is the key. Well, it's, it's thing. things like things like you want to write down a song, you want to, maybe you're not the singer, but you've got an idea for the vocal part. You can lay down like a rough guide melody, yeah. send it to your singer and they can go over that guide melody yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the same track, on the same spire. Uh, yeah, it's neat. I'm, I'm guessing it, re- it saves into the... The spire itself, right? No, or it goes it plays onto the phone. It, it goes the onto the yeah. onto the app. Yeah. So, uh, so okay, I, so you're only limited by the the size. amount of space that you've got on your device. Well, yes. there's there's right, also okay. like the spire has its own proprietary storage service as well. So and, well, like and, cloud, and also cloud. Storage. Yeah, you can link it to your SoundCloud and things like that. So there's check out my SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> can you use it as an interface at the same time? Then can you you can't USB into a computer? Can you couldn't you couldn't use it with a door. No, it, it it's its own thing. Essentially, the app is its own like basic version right. of a door essentially but you know something that you can use completely wirely that wirely 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 wirelessly yeah wiley wiley might use it wiley kaya he, he could use it yeah, yeah, yeah. It. but it's also very it's very smart so it's yeah. not it's it's not something where you're ever going to be messing around trying to and also yeah. if, if you can export the uh stems then you could put them into a door afterwards you know if you've exactly if you've completed the track then you could say okay yeah but we want to actually put it into logic yeah. or whatever just export it and then bring it in yeah. It's, it's interesting because I want to do more stuff at home and then take it to my mate who's got a studio and then just give him the the bits that I've done that he can then actually then record bits and then like mix it properly. Yeah. Um. I think it's I think it's a great product. And then I was just having a look. I can't believe the price. It's, they're like two hundred and fifty nine dollars. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. That's exactly. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a, I think that there's an offer still going. I think that offer is still going when this uh, when this podcast comes out. I don't know when it's sort of off the off the back end of Black Friday. There's a reduction on it on their on their website. But I don't know if that's going to still be going by the time this this goes out. But nonetheless, still like a 
very affordable for for kind of what it is. Um, yeah. A fantastic piece of kit. Uh, Shall we talk about some news? Let's do it. So, Boss have actually released some new things. So, it's about time we uh, stopped talking about, uh, you know, sort of guitars and things and turn this over to our uh, headphone nerds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start? Which one do you want to start with? Two products that totals 10 this year, uh, 12 this year. Wow. Um, which is why. That's um, 12 new products. That's a lot of free advertising your company's got through us. Do the synth first, Matty, because I think that is less applicable just because. It, you know, it's a GK uh, setup. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. So the SY one thousand, which is basically the mega synth powerhouse um, for guitar players or or bass players, um, that has the whole SY technology built into it, which is all the synth stuff without the need for a GK pickup. Um, and it's actually six times the power of the SY three hundred. So you can plug a guitar straight in and get a whole bunch of um, dynamic synth sounds and build a bunch of synth patches without the need for a GK. But when you add in the GK pickup, it opens up a whole range of other options. So firstly, this isn't the GR55, I'm going to make my guitar sound like a trumpet and a piano, and then I'm going to add in a drum beat. This is pure oh. Oh, synthesis. Right. Well, that's, that's a shame. Um, well, the thing is, we're not discontinuing the gr55 but it's a totally this is like um i guess keyboard players call it like a workstation so you've got um a huge keyboard that does a bit of everything and you can you know basically build an entire orchestra out of one keyboard this is the same thing for guitar so by plugging the gk cable in and using the gk pickup you've got um what we call instruments so instruments can be built out of guitars Bases, acoustics, synthesizers, oscillator synths, GR300, which is an old um, synth we made in the 80s, and Vio guitar. Um, oh, so, oh, a violin. No, the Vio guitar is basically allows you to change the harmonic content and the amplitude structure of your instrument. I don't so know what you just said. Well, <laughs> so, so a synthesizer has ADSR, right, which is attack, sustain, decay and release but you're always tied to a guitar's sustain being like how the instrument's built right you can't have an infinite sustaining guitar unless you use a a sustainiac pickup so this actually allows you to dial all that in but it also allows to change things like the the string attack so you can actually get things like bowed instrument type sounds right um and then you can change so it's a slow gear yeah, a far, far more advanced <laughs> slow gear. But so you can have um, one instrument that does that. You can then guitar model. So you can turn your Strat into a Les Paul or your, um, you know, your Tele into, um, you know, a Strat or whatever. Um, so you can do things like you can take a guitar, plug it in, tune it to a Tele model, tune it to Open G, turn off the low E string, and then it's got effects and amps built into it derived from the gt1000 so you can actually turn your guitar into keith richards telly but underneath that you can actually have a synthesizer with two 16 step 
sequencers underneath. <laughs> and the right, sequencer, every step of the sequencer can have its own pitch, its own amplitude, and its own filter. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, it's just like this unbelievably crazy workstation. Do you ever think we've gone too far? I mean, this, <laughs> this has science most, gone too far. It's the, literally the most advanced pro- synth processing thing. It does absolutely everything. And it's basically yeah. like 40 years worth of our technology it's in Skynet. one. It's Skynet. Thing. Yeah. But it even does things like USB MIDI. So you can play guitar in and then obviously play it into a into a door and track over over MIDI and stuff like that as well. You could also, I guess, trigger other synths as well. So yeah. not only yeah, could you... you trigger the sounds that are in there with your ridiculous technology but you could also go out yeah. to let's say something like a i don't know emu proteus 2000 the classic uh <laughs> uk garage box yeah exactly um so yeah it's 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 nuts basically it does wait how much is the sy1000 it it is not cheap my friend <laughs> um but considering that what it has in it some people have said, actually, that seems fairly reasonable, but it will retail at nine 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 euro. Okay, um, but effectively, it replaces everything on your pedal board because it's got all the effects in it, it's got the amp models in it, it's got the guitar models in it, um, oh, it's right. got all the yeah. synths in it. Um, so it's like a multi-effects, but it takes synthesis completely. Does this not put the GT one thousand out of business then? Well, the thing is, it. I guess in some ways it does and it doesn't because the gt1000 doesn't do any of the synth pressing you don't want any of the synth press and gt1000 is actually slightly cheaper right gt1000 okay. is is just for guitar it's just it's, like yeah, a, it's yeah. a multi-effects yeah. yeah. thing yeah it's yeah, a multi-effects yeah. where this is like it's it's more of an instrument right right um because you can layer three we we worked out the other day that because you can layer three different instruments in theory you can have a gk triggering three different synths and then each one of those synths can have two 16-step sequences. So you can have six 16-step sequences all running at the same time. <laughs> um, and because it's got four outputs that can be fully assigned, you could, in theory, run a different output to four different amps, and each amp could then have its own step sequencer. Um, and I, the one thing that, that sold it to me was the fact that you can finally have a proper like synth pad sound, which is one thing that you always struggle with with any guitar synth. Yeah. Because if you want to sound like an old Juno or a Jupiter or like a really old synth, again, you're always stuck with the attack of a guitar string because right, it's so instant. Yeah. You know, with a violin, for example, you can control the attack and the amplitude of an instrument. Um, so with this and using a GK, you can physically control that instrument attack. And that makes a huge difference to creating a whole bunch of other sounds so it's it's pretty nuts and it's definitely not for the uh the faint hearted if you thought the zoya was complex i've read the manual well i've browsed the manual shall I say, on the s5000 <laughs> there's over a thousand like bedtime reading there's yeah. over a thousand parameters right. in this thing <laughs> that's too much that's too much um, parameters so oh, um it's got a tuner in though, so yeah, you know, that's all right. <laughs> also, essentially, what you're saying is this is going to make the TU3 completely obsolete. I mean, yeah. I would love someone to buy one just for the tuner. <laughs> it's really accurate. Have you got anything that does tuner? So, uh, so last last year in Gear of the Year, um, when when it came to doing amplifiers, I was I was super reluctant um, for us to include uh, a particular lifestyle product because i thought it was a step too far 
for guitar towards sort of lounge wear lifestyle, okay. which was the Katana Air. Now, Boss have also gone one step further with the uh, with the sort of Katana for home, Matthew. Yes. So the next product um, is the Waza Air, um, which Mark Mark did get to try very briefly. Um, basically, the Waza Air is a we've called it a personal wireless amplification system so effectively an entire amplifier built into a pair of over-ear headphones um which to be fair people have done similar things before like the vox amphones um you know and it's sort of varying results but the ultimate thing that we tried to do with this, um, because you can plug a pair of headphones, you could have a katana and plug a pair of headphones in, or you could have, you know, an app, you could use GarageBand and plug a pair of headphones in. But ultimately, what you're doing is modeling two speaker cabs directly onto your ears. You're not really replicating the feel of an amp in a room. So using um, some sort of 3D algorithms, binaural technology, and some gyroscopes built into the headphones we place the amp in a virtual space that then you can physically control with your head movement so it takes Sorry? the amp away from being with your head movement yeah so yeah. as yeah. in hey, the amp is positioned you're not watching like, the video you're not, you're not, you're not, not, I watched the video. Oh, yeah. you're not Jay, turning wait. up and down the volume by head no, moves no, or wait, something like that. So, <laughs> hang on a sec jay matt do the spiel and then i'll give my review because i've actually tried them and yeah. i've got some thoughts on them okay. so so um so yeah so effectively you've got you can you can turn all that off and you've got a bunch of amps and effects derived from the katana series and it just sounds like you know a really good amp sound in your head but when the other you turn the other modes on what you do is you place the amp away from the earphones and into a virtual space basically so, so like fixed the, like location you, wait yeah so let Matt do the spiel. Sorry. I'll Sorry. Give the so review. like the amp is in front of you, because ultimately when you're playing at home, if you're practicing, the amp is in front of you, right? It's not directly on your ears, which is what happens when you put headphones on. Um, it's like if you're listening to someone talk, they're not talking directly into your ear. They're talking away from you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what this does, so we give you a couple different modes. So there's a surround mode where you can physically place the amp in front or behind you or any point in the left or right ear. We then give you a similar mode, but you can hear it differently depending on how you move your head. Like if you were at home, you could stand up, play in the amp in front of you, then turn around and the sound would come behind you and it would sound different. But the real killer sound for me, and when I tried it for the first time, I was like, it, you just absolutely get lost, is the stage mode. Because what it does is that then you can Bluetooth audio to it and it places, say, for example, if you're playing a, you're along to a backing track, you're normally playing along with the track or on top of the mix. You're never in the band. So what this does is it places the band in a virtual space. And basically, you can control the size of that room, puts the amp behind you. So when you're playing, you sit in the mix and it feels like you're actually playing with the band. So you can actually turn around and the band and the amp move to the front of your your hearing space and you can turn around it feels like everything's behind you so it actually puts you like in the mix basically and it's the hands down the best sound i've almost I, even in a room it's the best sound i've ever had it's bananas so 
Matt, I'll give you, I'd, if you wouldn't mind, I'll just do a little kind of my review <clears throat> as having hands on with them. And, you know, uh, obviously I, I know a fair bit about guitar amps and stuff. And also I've got a bit of experience with headphones and stuff like that. So first thing, the headphones are, I would say, very well built for the price. Because, Matt, it's worth mentioning, it's not a cheap thing, is no. it? No, they're fairly pricey. What's the what's the actual retail they're price? In the UK at the moment, they're 378 Okay, so fine. So I would say that they feel in line with head, just standard headphones that cost about that much money. You know, they're, okay. they're uh, similar. They, they share some kind of... Um, uh, similar design th- um, t- kind of uh, elements to something like Oppo headphones or something like that that are, yeah, I mean, they they go up to about that money and, and beyond. So um, so firstly, that's something that's worth mentioning because obviously one thing that people have brought up is the price. You know, it's a set of headphones. And again, knowing a bit about headphones, people moan when headphones cost more than £100. Bear in mind, there's headphones in the world that cost five thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, three hundred quid is actually not a lot to spend on a pair of full size headphones. So there's that out of the way. Obviously, that's a separate issue to or separate thing to what they're actually doing. So Matt brought them round, um, put them on. Firstly, the Bluetooth thing works really well. You know, they've got a little dongle that goes into the headphones that pairs them, and then you plug that into your guitar, and then you're instantly paired to the headphones. Um, is that like the Katana Air? Exactly it's that. E- exactly. It's exactly the, the same, same unit. Technology. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's good, because obviously, you know, Bluetooth always can be a bit of a kind of minefield, um, and it works straight away, which is a good start. Um, it also obviously then pairs to the app, so you can make changes to the sound, um, and you can get involved in doing the 3D space stuff. So... Matt basically did exactly the same demo for me that he did for the guys at Anderton's and also that he's described there, where you put up, put the headphones on, play guitar, and it's just in its standard mode. The 3D modelling or the 3D room modelling is off. And it sounds kind of like when I plug a set of headphones into the back of my Katana, yeah. which sounds fine. It sounds like every time that you put have, have put headphones on and listen to an amplifier, whether it be, you know, something's amp modelled like a Helix or whether you've just plugged into the headphone output on a practice amp, um, it will only it only will ever sound as good as like a set of headphones on your head. You know, Helix, obviously the amp models are amazing and, you know, it is a great sounding unit, but as soon as you plug headphones in, it's still just you're listening to the, the Helix out into a set of headphones. Um then so i was kind of like yeah this sounds fine yeah whatever um and then matt put it into the the first mode is the surround mode right matt yeah 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 so that basically places the amp as matt said in this virtual space and instantly you're like okay this is a different world it sounds so good it's it practice practicing with headphones for me is is kind of crucial because you know as i've mentioned before the reason i bought katana is i've got a small flat I can't turn an amp up loud. The katana in the room is fine, but even then there's still times where I'm like, actually headphones would be preferable just because, you know, someone's asleep in the house or it's early in the morning or whatever. And the headphones headphones sound fine, you know, as good as headphones out of an amp do. This is like absolute game changer for practicing silently. It sounds like you're listening to the amp in your living room or whichever space you define because you can adjust how much of the space that you hear. Right. So the surround mode is fantastic. Um, and like I said, that's kind of, for me, that's like the basic mode. Actually, the off mode, 
I personally wouldn't use it because at that point you might as well just plug headphones into a normal katana. Apart from obviously, you know, the Bluetooth connection, which is awesome. Um, and then the remind me what the mode's called, Matt. The stage mode is it? No. So yes, yeah, so you've got surround, which is the one where you manually do it. Yep. And then you've got um, why why can't I remember it? And I've been talking I'm sure about you it all said week. stage. That's- yeah, stage is the one where it puts you with the band as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, what that does is then then the head tracking stuff comes in or the gyros come in. So basically, you turn your head and it sounds like if you place the amp directly behind you or directly in front of you, you turn your head. And that is like, it felt like having an amp in the room because I turn around and the amp moves around where I am. Um, but the key thing about that is playing along to the backing tracks. It is so different to just, again, having the katana and plugging in my phone via a cable and then... Yeah, auxiliary but, but, in and then exactly out. that. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, this is so different to that. It's the ability to kind of blend, putting the band in the three D space as well, uh, and then being able to blend your guitar perfectly so it sounds like you're in the track is very, very different to just using, you know, either like I don't know, whatever, using an interface with your laptop or like coming out for katana or whatever. Um, I'm kind of blown away by these and I don't want this to sound like a boss shield obviously you know Matt works for boss and we kind of generally love boss products but like I might fight for these for gear of the year even though it's not a product that I've you oh, know not even again. well not again. I mean, <laughs> but just, honestly you need to hear them man I, I, like I'm I was completely won over yeah, yeah. by I them tell you, I tell you what was interesting was I so I've I've put them on a lot of people and a lot of people that actually aren't even guitar players <laughs> great <laughs> sentence take that out of context um and I've not shown them someone who hasn't like just the reactions of people. No one's gone. Th- these just don't sound. Ama- they just sound amazing. It's all- know, even people that aren't guitar players. And the thing is, we tried it with a modular synth. We tried it with bass. We tried it with um, piano, and putting them all in that virtual space. Um, and I took them to see Katie Tunstall. She tried it with an acoustic, and she was like, "This is amazing." It's like I better than sound some of the sounds I get in like the studio. It's um, um it's one of those things where it's going to be limited um in its well yes and no it will be limited its appeal because you know it's a th- whatever you said Matt 350 pound pair of headphones which mm. as you know as we know people would say and it seems some of the feedback is are like you know why wouldn't I just spend that on an amp or whatever yeah, why not um, spend 150 quid less on a katana a katana yeah exactly yeah. and place a katana in an actual room and play yeah, along yeah. but I've found that experience using these headphones far more enjoyable than I do with my katana because I can't turn my katana up. Sure, and and that's what this is for. This is for 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 home use where you know you're not able to sort or of traveling. Or, Traveling's the yeah. other thing. You know, if you're someone who you know takes a guitar with them traveling and is in a hotel room or whatever, you just need these and the yeah. USB dongle. It, it has a very it. specific application, and I I, I think I, I think yes, if you're the sort of person that's going well. You know why wouldn't I just spend two hundred pounds on a katana and have an actual amplifier? Then, then it's more that that's also fine. But you obviously don't ever have a situation where you can't. Call for you need to play yeah. silent. So, yeah. so yeah. this product's not for you. I, I'd fall into that category. I, w- I would much rather have a two hundred pound katana than these headphones. But, but I, I, I'm never in a situation the, where I need to. The do other this. thing that is worth mentioning is that with the backing tracks, you are getting that kind of like VR like experience um which it sounds kind of corny and stuff but actually i've never heard anything like that in terms of playing along to pre-recorded music with a guitar it always sounds like i'm playing along with a guitar and there's pre-recorded music happening yeah this kind of doesn't sound like that it sounds like your guitar is 
on the track. I mean, it sounds like AR rather than VR. It, well, sure, ASMR. I, I, yeah. I'm not. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be yeah, clever. Yeah. I'm. I'm being serious. Like it sounds more like. It sounds more like AR. It yeah, yeah, yeah. More- totally. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, shorthand VR shorthand for okay. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, super impressed. I um, if I had more money, I would absolutely buy some. Mm. But very uh, cool. I'm getting a new we'll kitchen. We'll see, see what happens uh, in Gear of the Year, I guess. Now, that actually, that's it for us here on the regular what? episode of the Katana's Pro. We, we're actually, we, we've been going nearly 15 minutes longer than a normal episode. I thought episode. we talked a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I, can I just say, in the Patreon episode this week, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the brand new Epiphone headstock. We are. How about are that? We, I we thought, Joe, I th- Joe, you said you'd done a quiz. Yeah, we are doing a quiz as well. There's a little mini quiz going on in the Patreon. The quiz is, uh, is designed all around last year's Gear of the Year. Uh, and it's designed as a uh, as a refresher for you boys um, for for gear of the year. So uh, I'm meticulously oh, so he's, he's making learning fun. I'm well, making I'd, learning fun. I tell you I'm what, in that, uh, do you want to talk about the Epiphone headstock in Patreon, or do you want to do it quickly? No, now? no, we're going to talk about it in Patreon okay, because fine. it's only a mini quiz. It will only last ten minutes, and okay, then we're cool. going to we'll, we'll do the rest of the news there. So we're going to be heading over to the Patreon, where for as little as one dollar a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. One dollar a month gets you the regular episode ad free and early, and it means that you can be a part of and listen into Guitar Nerds live as it happens every other week five dollars a month gets you the uh, patreon episode and a load of other mini series and ten dollars a month makes you an executive producer and gets your name sung in a lovely song which this week i've recorded using the uh spire studio so yeah so you can follow us on instagram and twitter at guitar nerds join us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum and you can subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds that's it for us for this week and we'll be back next well we won't be back next week we'll be back with gear of the year for more of this guitar crikey nerdery. so that's so if this is the last episode of the year yeah last regular episode that means yeah. this but is we have go- six more episodes this year but this is the last regular episode right okay because there's live are we not doing one on the gear of the years yeah, that's when Gear of the Year goes out. Yeah, Gear, of, Gear of the went, Year is 16th oh, to the 20th. Yeah, of course, because, because otherwise it would be it would be people aren't going to listen on Christmas Day. Well, no. and it's like also it would be fine like maybe if the last episode was Christmas Day. Yeah, but it's bang like, in the middle. Exactly, it's like the Wednesday. So I mean, yeah. 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 All right, we'll uh, we're continuing <laughs> over on Patreon. We're gonna go. Right, we're doing a Patreon. We're gonna go. That's enough of this guitar day. Farewell. Richard Sirworth, Brian Hansler, John Huff, Kevin Vanderlinden, Jacob McGee. Christopher Franklin, Marcus Zakorowacki, Rob Buster, Stephen Buck, Rob Butterworth. Neil Milton, Marin Peters, Stuart Robson, Jeffrey Wax, Christian, and Hanson, Zach Melton. Keith Adams, Steve Ferguson, Eric Farlandy, Joyce, John Anglin, and Adam Lewis Crisp. Jake Cupple, Scott Hamilton, Tucker Ramadan, Ernie Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Hench. Rob Grant, Matt Roberts, David Lee, Emma James Baker, one courier, and Sherman Blake Wyland. These are the kids on These are the kids on Andrew Good, Jamie, Ken, Jake Gray, Matt Scott, Kennedy. Christopher Loseth, Hans Ams, Robin Smith, Eric Rich, Chris Connors, Rob Nordvik, and Ed Bentley. Steve Ross, 
Steve Merkel, Carlos Mancha, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page and Blair Toms. Scott O'Brien, Laurie Anstis, Paul Cargan, Will Clem, Gravit and Phil Thompson. Adrian Dagan says Matthew King, Scott Kane, Sean Arbo, Christopher Waltman, Cuthbert Sun. Those are the guitar nerds, executive backers. Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.